Hi, I'm Ryan Gold, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful and still sweltering hot British Columbia. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and I am flying solo for this episode. I've given Steve and Zach the night off because we've got a lot of interviews already in the can that we're going to bring you tonight. Most of them around the Whitecaps' newest addition, designated player, attacking midfielder, Ryan Gold. I'm sure many of you watched his introductory press conference on Tuesday up at the training centre up at UBC. We're not going to bring you too much from that because it's already all up on YouTube, on the CAP site, wherever you want to find it. But I do want to bring you a couple of the the more pertinent aspects of it. We'll hear a little bit from Axel Schuster just talking about getting the deal done. We'll hear from Mark DeSantis talking about what he's expecting from Ryan, why he wants him in his team, and just when we might possibly see him on the pitch. And just to, to perhaps temper expectations initially of what we can expect from the player. And then we'll hear from Ryan himself just chatting about what he knows about MLS, how much he's seen of it, who he's spoken to, from guys that he knows in the league. All of that is coming up in part one. In part two, though, we're going to sit down with Ryan for an exclusive one-on-one chat, just to chat about his journey in football so far, starting off in his youth career in Angus in Scotland, moving to Dundee United, making his pro debut as a 16-year-old in the Scottish Premier League, before getting a transfer to Sporting CP over in Portugal, and then spending the next few seasons in Portugal, before heading to Canada, heading to Vancouver, and heading to Major League Soccer. But that is not all. We are also going to bring you a chat that we had today with Whitecaps goalkeeper Maxime Cropot, fresh from returning from international duty with Canada at the Gold Cup, and we'll also round up the midweek action in MLS West, A strange set of results. On paper, many of them good for the Whitecaps, but sadly, a set of results that sees the Whitecaps fall to last place in the Western Conference standings. We'll have some fun music for you as well, a couple of our fun segments returning, and of course, this week's Wavelength. 
All of this is still to come, but we're going to kick things off in this part by looking at the introductory press conference on Tuesday for the Whitecaps' latest addition, attacking midfielder, designated player, Ryan Gold. Now, Ryan was announced, of course, by the Whitecaps on Saturday. We touched a little bit about that on Sunday's show, episode 467. If you haven't heard that, check it out. So the media and the fans got to see and hear from Ryan for the first time on Tuesday, as well as a little bit from sporting director and CEO Axel Schuster and head coach Mark DeSantis. Both of them clearly delighted to have finally got this deal done, finally have Ryan in a Whitecaps jersey. It's been a long, drawn-out process, one that's been undergoing for months. Hit a few speed bumps along the way. There was quarantine issues, there was vaccine issues, there was work permit issues. And of course, his club in Portugal for Rennes, trying to play the option card, saying that they still owned his rights and, and trying to get a big transfer fee out of the Whitecaps or any other party that would be prepared to pay it. The Whitecaps did make a payment towards for Rennes in the end. It's been reported as around €355,000, but my understanding is that that's actually undervaluing what the, the Whitecaps had to, to give for ends in the end to get the deal done. But that's all water under the bridge now. The deal has been done. Ryan Gold is now officially a Whitecap, and Axel Schuster is clearly delighted by that fact. In fact, let's hear a little bit from Axel now, just explaining about the importance of getting this deal done and why it was important to him and the club to make Ryan Gold a Vancouver Whitecap. We were looking for a player that helps us to make the next step. That is a player that also helps us next season still to make the next step. As we, as Since my fir- very first day, I said I'm believing in developing step by step. I don't think that you can crash things. I don't think that you that you can do magic things. Um, so you have to work very hard for that. And there is one piece that's the coaching staff working on the pitch with the guys every day, but there's also a lot of people in the background, analysts, um, performance guys, and definitely also a scouting recruitment department. I have to say thank you to them because uh, it was them bringing them up, the name up, doing all the research, uh, always pushing me to say, hey, we have to stay on that guy. He is. He would be the exact right fit. He is combining everything we are looking for. And uh, yeah, we we had we had uh, uh, frustrating moments and exciting moments in throughout throughout the whole process. Um, but yeah, we hang in. We hang in and we waited for it. And we we never gave up because uh, yes, he was top on our list. And so it is even more exciting to get it at the end done. Um, because there was also a risk to bet on something that probably maybe will not work. So um, definitely that excites also that that we were able to to get it done. And I want only to say one thing, because obviously if things take so much time, you can get the wrong impression. It was uh, a fight about money. It was a fight about his contract. And he was fi- he was negotiating everywhere. Probably his agents have done that. <laughs> But I can tell it was exactly an offer, a counter, and a, uh, and a new offer from us. And it was never more than that. So it was three emails, one, two from me and one from his agent that, uh, that closed this deal for the player contract. So I think it was much more about convincing him that that is the right project and 
competing with other great clubs that uh, and to to respect and that's what we hopefully <laughs> no i think we have done very well to respect his position and his um his ask to us to to keep him performing in his former club to to let him do his work and not to distract him too much with with connecting with him and pushing him and asking him because he wanted to get the job finished there and he wanted to do the best performance there and so that was also something we had to respect and uh, we have done that until the very last moment although sometimes i felt maybe we should call him and reach out to him and tell him how much uh, we we want him uh, so but at the end everything's good he's here welcome to the club ryan and uh, i think uh, it could not be you could not decide for a better time than that amazing weather we are back in british columbia and soon we are playing in bc place white cap sporting director and ceo axel schuster there just given his initial thoughts on the transfer of ryan gold to vancouver and why wouldn't you be delighted to, to have Ryan here? A player that scored nine goals in each of his last two seasons in Portugal with Ferenz. In 2019-20 season, he was in the second tier in Portugal, leading Ferenz to promotion. He was voted the Liga Pro Player of the Year that season. Then last season, things didn't really go as well as Ferenz had hoped after their promotion. They immediately were relegated. But it wasn't for the lack of the help that Ryan gave the team. Led the team with nine goals and seven assists. He led the league in key passes per game, expected assists, shot opportunities created, and ended up in the top five in the league from shots, corners, free kicks and penalties scored. That's the kind of player Vancouver now have. He's also a very exciting playmaker. Don't be put off by his slight build. He's certainly able to shake off tough tackles. Growing up and playing your football in Scotland would do that for you. He's got great delivery. He's a dynamic player. And he's basically the kind of player that you can really build a team around going down the line. He signed a long-term deal. He's going to be here in Vancouver till at least 2024. And I know his transfer to the Caps and to MLS... It raised a number of eyebrows, especially back in Scotland. Some people saying that he was just coming here for the money, something he categorically denied at the the introductory press conference. When our good friend Harjit Jahal asked him about that, Ryan said, I've never been one to make my decisions over money. I've always thought there's more to career, more to life than money. What it was, was the confidence that everybody at the club that I'd spoken to showed that they wanted me what they thought I could do, what I could bring to the club, and really the Whitecats were the first club to reach out to me and make it known how much I was wanted there. That's what played the biggest part, and this is where I felt I could really progress and hopefully I can really help the team out. But just how much does Ryan know about MLS? How familiar is he with it? Well, that's a question I put to him at Tuesday's press conference. Here's what he had to tell me. How much or how familiar are you with Major League Soccer? I know a couple of your former United teammates have played over here. Johnny's still here. Did you speak to them about it? How much have you seen off the league? Um, there, yeah, like you said, there's quite a few. There's quite a few people here I know um, that are still here or have played here. 
um, that say great things about the league. Um, speaking of Johnny Russell in Kansas, he's loving it out here. And, um, you know, he's he was telling me that Vancouver's a lovely city, a good club. Um, so it was good to, to speak to different people that I know to get a to get different opinions, people that are playing in different cities, um, playing in the Eastern Conference, um, and they had the, the they had the same things to say about um, about the league. Um, you know, there's a perception, a little bit of a perception back in the UK. I think that it's not like a great league, but when you watch the games, there's they're high intensity. There's a lot of quality, and uh, I'm just yeah, I'm delighted to be here and uh, looking forward to hopefully playing my part. So Ryan knows Johnny Russell well, Gary Mackay, Stephen, that was at New York City FC as well. Both of them were on the United team as Ryan Gold broke through. He knows Diego Rubio from Colorado Rapids. He played with him over in Portugal with Sporting. And he knows Bruno Gaspar as well. So all those things, chatting to those four, kind of helped Ryan make his mind up that MLS was the place he wanted as the, the next stage of his career. And that Vancouver was the club that he wanted to be at. So great to have him here. Delighted to have him here. And I want to bring you a a little bit of exclusive audio now. I had a chat with Mark DeSantis after the press conference on Tuesday just to ask him a couple of things about the acquisition of Ryan, what he means to this team, and a couple of other things as well. Here's MDS. Just wanted to ask Mark... Obviously, we know what Ryan's attributes are. How do you think he's going to fit into the league? He's obviously slighter build than maybe some of the other midfielders. Do you see that as an advantage in this league? Do you see it as a disadvantage? Look, he's uh, he's a good soccer player to start, right? So when we looked at him throughout the year in Portugal, we saw, like I said, my first thing is already new of his technical ability, but it was always, how is he coping in a Portuguese league uh, physically and in his intensity? And you see games that he played against Sporting, Benfica, Porto, all teams that are playing in Champions League level, Braga, and he coped with those games in a fantastic way. So that gave us also the belief that he could come here and he won't. I don't think he's going to have a problem with the physical part of the game. I think he could have initially a, a problem, if you want to say problem, with adaptation of the league, of the travel. That's always there for, for every player, but some adapt quicker to others. And, of course, it's never easy to arrive in a team in the middle of a tornado, right, that the... The, the, the cows are in the tornado, the houses, and then you, you, you throw a player in. This is, this is what needs a little bit of time and also the adaptation with uh, are we going to adjust the triangle in the midfield to fit him in the way that we want to fit him. So there's a little bit of work to do. And like I said, I would have loved that we're having all this press conference in this where the team is today in day one of preseason. It would have been a total different story and scenario, but at least we know that he's here for, for more than only this year, and uh, this year could give him the adaptation he needs for the future. And this is why I take away the, the, the possibility of him arriving and saving everything, because it's not 
it's not what we think um, should happen right now. Has integrating him into the team, I'm not going to ask when because we, we kind of talked about that, but the fact that he speaks Spanish and he speaks Portuguese, yes. it, was that a big factor if it you wanted was, to bring him? It was one of the factors too because when we look at a player, we look at the full of the player and when you look at the full of the player, you need to look at what he gives you technically, his qualities, tactically, physically, but then you always think, okay, when day one he's going to arrive in that locker room, how is he going to fit in the day-to-day with everybody? And it was a factor, the fact that he was comfortable with Portuguese. Uh, Yesterday was speaking with Caio in Portuguese, speaking with the other guys in English. Uh, Eric speaks with him in Spanish and he understands. So it just allows that the integration, it's much quicker. When you look at a player like Dajo that needed more time to be integrated or or Daber that is still in the process or Caio, uh, of course the language is, uh, is an important factor in this sport. The midfield just now, it's kind of been set a little bit in, in recent games. Obviously you've got Caio that's doing well, Gianni Bikel's having a great season. But you've talked before about wanting to get Baldissimo more minutes, Patrick Metcalf, you've got Leo Russo, Russell Tiber, even Andy Rose if you wanted to play in midfield. Is it going to be tough to kind of integrate some of the other guys in the team now? Because once Ryan's up to speed, he's obviously going to be a starter. Does it maybe make you look at what kind of formations or tactics you might go for down the line? Look, uh, one thing that is for sure right now with us is that uh, the team fits well with wingers, with the quality of Daber and the quality of Dajo. So the question now is with what type of triangle in the midfield do you play? With a one and a two or a two and a one? Then a player like Baldi is more comfortable with a one and a two. Um, Ryan could do both. Ryan could play in a two and one or a one and be one of the twos. Uh, but for sure that with the arrival of Ryan, it, it makes the, the path for, for other midfielders uh, even more challenging. And my, what I want to do is, and I think we've done it in the past year, giving opportunities to young guys where Baldissimo started to get more and more integrated, uh, a Pat Mitkav that's coming in games uh, more, uh, but when Bikel, Caio are, are players that are, you know, integrating well and growing more and more, uh, of course that the challenges and competition in the midfield are just going to grow. Uh, and we have to find um, what are the right solutions for every player in a scenario like that. And it's something that we're discussing in the office. Just the last thing, like Ryan's the kind of player that if you bring him into a team, you can build a team around him when you've got him long term. Obviously, though, you've got a team built and there's some really big pieces here. Do you feel you need many more? Do you think come the off season that he's the kind of guy that you maybe want to build the team around I by think, doing other stuff? Yeah, it's a good question. I think in the finally, this is the first time in my three years here that I find. I feel, and I told Axel, this is the type of team I always wanted here. Uh, but we're, there's two positions that if I look at like the final two moves, number one, it's important to keep this core. 
right now, because it's a young team, you have a core. When you think of guys like uh, Max and Thomas, uh, Ranko's age, Javain Brown, Guti, uh, Baldi, uh, Bikel, it's Deiber, Dajo, it's all guys at a great age and they could be players that become a core of this club and and Ryan is only 25 but when I look at the full picture I feel there's two positions that again I don't like to you could try to guess but there's two positions that would solidify everything and uh, and make us have an important run in the future Mark DeSantis there talking all things Ryan Gold and the the possibility of building a team around him down the line. And from little murmurs that I'm hearing, there's going to be some movement around the squad pretty soon. A couple of guys coming in, a couple of guys moving out. Pedro Vite coming in as midfielder, winger is pretty much a done deal now. That should be getting announced, I'm pretty sure, Thursday or Friday. My understanding as well is that there's going to be a centre-back getting added to the team. Whether that is a permanent addition or whether it's just kind of a a stopgap player that's going to get added for the rest of this year whilst they look for a a more permanent option in the off-season, still to be decided. But they definitely need to get some experience into that back line, especially in the centre-back position. To make way for that, a couple of the young guys are going to be moving out. Gianfranco Fashioneri is going out on loan, as is Theo Bear. Both of those deals should be getting announced pretty soon as well. Don't know where they're going yet, though. That is the only thing I've not been able to find out. But I wish both those guys well. They definitely both need playing time to take that next step in their career. And I, I tweeted out when I was at training last week, I couldn't believe the change in Fashioneri's build. He's really put the work in, in the gym. He's looking like a beast I'm looking forward to seeing getting some regular playing time. I imagine it would be in the CPL, but I guess we'll, we'll wait and see what happens there. He was, of course, out on loan with Atletico Ottawa last season for the Island Games tournament. So exciting times. The, the big burning question, though, is when will we see Ryan Gold taken to the pitch? MDS was pushed for that at the press conference and rightfully said, I'm, I'm not going to say when that is. And it baffles me so much that journalists here constantly, not not just here in Vancouver, like around the league, I'm on a number of press conferences during the week, all over the league, CPL as well, and the amount of journalists that asks a coach, oh, is this guy going to be playing on Saturday? Or, oh, what's the team going to be like? What are you going to do? No coach is going to tell you what his team is going to be. I know things are slightly different in hockey here, but... You would think by now that journalists would have learned not to ask a coach that because they're not going to find out. But we will just round this part off with a little bit of audio from MDS from that press conference on Tuesday. A couple of questions that I asked him. First one, just around why he felt Ryan was the guy to bring here. But a second one, and an important one for me, and we've talked about it on the show before, I do worry 
the the expectations of a number of the supporters is very very high with Ryan Gold, and because he's coming as a DP, because it's a big splash signing, that they're going to give him a a short rope, and they're going to expect wonders from him right away. You've got to remember this is a guy that is in pre-season mode, coming off a season, a full season in Portugal. So it's going to take him a little bit of time to find his feet. He's playing in new environments. He's playing in new cities. There'll be things like altitude and turf and all these kind of things that he still has to get used to adjusting to, never mind the travel. So I think it is important not to put too much expectations on him in that regard. MDS agrees. Let's hear what he had to say. What is it about Ryan that made you feel he was the guy that you wanted to be your number 10 here? What, what do you think he's going to add to this team? Ryan is a player that I've known for a while since he was at Sporting. And then he had a, a phase of loans uh, here and there. And what I'm going to say is what I told Ryan. I never had a doubt on the technical ability of Ryan. It's a player that has a great vision, great first touch looks for the last pass, a very good delivery on set place. So he's going to make us even better there. Um, but the doubt I had uh, was always in the moments where he lost, the, the team lost the ball or Ryan without the ball. Uh, but there's been an incredible improvement. I remember one of my, when I had a lot of doubts on that, maybe even one year ago, and one of our scouts uh, asked me, hey, he, he sent me a message in the morning, and he goes, watch the game of Ryan against Braga. And I even told the scout, man, I don't want to waste time right now. Come on, have a No, you have to go watch it. You have to go watch it. And there was a huge change in the intensity of his game. I was very surprised by it. Then I went back to see other games, uh, and I even had a talk with Ryan about it. I asked him what happened, and and he shared with me some some personal things and other things that that why that part of the game has grown so much. And and so then it was the mix of what we wanted and the intensity of the play with with the technical ability that he has. But again, you know, Ryan is uh, uh, um, another one in the sum of the parts. So. Uh, we think that Ryan with the other players around Ryan is going to make the team better and not only Ryan alone. Ryan talked there about pressure and expectations of him. Obviously, whenever you bring in a, a big DP player, there's expectations on the player. What, what would you say to the supporters that feel, oh, now that you've got Ryan here, that's the answer to everything? It's a good question because uh, I think it's also a, an education part for, for the supporters and for everybody in the media. Uh, when we brought Ryan here, it's for Ryan to be a, a part of something and not to be the guy. And he knows, and it's very clear with with me and him that. So any pressure that he could, we could be talking about, it's not going to come from me or, or because I know Ryan, I know the pro he is, and I know how he goes about things in the games. It's important that Ryan does what he knows what to do. And what he does well is um, he's always a player looking for the ball. He's a player that is not uh, ashamed, uh, embarrassed or ashamed of being between lines. 
So he's comfortable to receive ball between lines, to look for the pass forward. But then when the team loses the ball, he's very committed with the team also. So that's what we want from him. And we don't want him to come here uh, with the pressure of being a kind of a savior because that doesn't exist uh, in, in soccer. Maybe you only have two saviors uh, and those two are not here. So let's be very clear with that. So some thoughts from MDS there. Totally agree with him. You've got to give him time. He is not the Messiah. He's not come in as a one-man show to turn things around immediately. He's the sum of all parts. He's made this team better, in theory. We just have to see that Ryan Gold has now made the team better on the actual pitch. I've no doubt that he will. I'm really excited to see how he links up with both Dahomey and Caicedo on the wings and also with Cavallini up front. My hope is that with Gold now playing this attacking midfield role, it's going to allow Cavallini to do what he does best, get in the box, get in the six-yard box, and hopefully finish these chances that's going to be created by Gold, created by Dahomey, created by Casido. And of course, Dahomey's in such a rich vein of form just now, really looking forward to, to seeing how they all link up. Although he's Scottish, although he's played in Europe, Ryan Gold comes to Vancouver with a kind of South American mindset, really. He's that kind of creative player, intelligent player, just genuinely looking forward to seeing what he can do in the pitch and in this league. But that is it for this part. But that is not it for our chat about Ryan Gold in this episode, because I sit down with the man himself next, just to chat about his career so far and making the move to Whitecaps and MLS. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 AFM. And kicking off this part, all the way from Dundee in Scotland, in honour of the Whitecaps' new signing, Ryan Gold. That's a band that we've played before here on the AFTN Soccer Show, punk band The Cundies. That is a song from their 2010 album, Cundy Radio. And that was Gangs o' Dundee. It is a bit of a, a rough place, Dundee. It has improved and kind of gentrified a, a lot over the years, but it also has an absolutely horrible one-way system in the city centre. 
which if you take the slightest wrong turn, you're driving around for ages trying to find your way back into where you want to be. But it's the city of discovery. I don't know whether the Whitecaps had discovery rights on Ryan Gold or not, but he's here in Vancouver now. He's here as a Whitecap. So that can only mean one thing. We've got to sit down and have a chat with him, delve into his career so far, his journey that's taken him from youth clubs in Angus in Scotland to Dundee United, over to Portugal, and now here in Canada in Major League Soccer with the Whitecaps. So I got a chance to sit down with Ryan for a a chat on Wednesday evening. He just moved into his new place that he's going to be staying here. So really appreciate him giving up his time in what has been a very, very busy week. So we said we'd keep it to 20 minutes this time. And for once, I actually managed to keep on track with that. So go make yourself your favourite hot beverage. Grab a chocolate digestive. Sit back and enjoy our chat with the Whitecaps' newest designated player... Ryan Gold. Thanks so much for for joining us on this, Ryan. I know it's been a a busy first few days for you here in Vancouver. The kind of week. No, no worries. How have you found these first few days? Have you had a time to even explore the city? Um, I mean, uh, my first couple of days, I was in, um, I was in a hotel in downtown. So, uh, yeah, I went for walks about, kind of, um, seen a little bit of the city in there, and now I'm in Kitsilano. So, um, got a new place to explore. Um, but yeah, hopefully with time, you know, I'll get, I'll get the opportunity to go and see a bit more of the city. I've heard there's a lot to go and see and do. So, um. You know, I'll have plenty of things to um, to keep me busy. Well, I know you you spoke about your your love for your dogs, and I know they're not with you just now. But it's a great city for dogs. I've I've had a couple of dogs. I brought my first dog over from Scotland with me that we just lost a couple of years ago. So I mean, you'll get out and about, and you'll see a lot of the city with that. I, I'm sure you're missing them. Yeah, definitely. Um, hopefully, it won't be too long before they can get over, and then um, yeah, there's I've already seen more dogs here than I've than I've seen in a lot of places. So um now I'm looking forward to when they um, when they can come over with my girlfriend as well and then um you know we can go and you know see the sights of Vancouver. Did you know anything about the city or like much about Canada before you you made the move? Um before I heard of the interest from the White Caps, I didn't know too much about um Canada to be fair. But then, you know, doing my doing my research before coming over made me realise, you know, how lovely the city is. And, you know, if anyone that I've I've spoke to about Vancouver, they've only had good things to say about it. So I was very eager to come to come and see the place for myself. And I've enjoyed my first my first few days here. Hopefully it can uh, carry on that way. I, I will say the weather's not always like this, but I'm sure everyone's told you that so far. What yeah, it's all right, we're Scottish, we're used to rain. Yeah. What I want to do in this, because obviously you, you answered a lot of questions in your introductory press conference about making the move here and everything like that. I, I want to do a little bit of background just so that people get to know you a little bit better. I mean, but, 
yeah, you you broke into football at a very early age, making your debut at, at sixteen. When did you know that you had what it took to be a professional footballer? I I never really had that a moment when I sat down and thought like, yeah, I've I've got this. Or it was more, you know, I was a young I was a young player just starting out, and all I was thinking about was trying to get as many minutes on the pitch for the first team as possible, and. Um, thankfully, in the I think it would have been the 2013-14 season, I managed to you know get a lot of game time at such a young age, and um, that was kind of my first full-on year um, at professional football. So that kind of set me up for um, what was to come. When you were growing up, like who were your childhood idols? Is there any players that you kind of modelled your game on, or you really admired? Not so much individuals, but I would like, you know, when I was just starting to go into the professional side, um, that's when the Barcelona team was at its best with Xavi, Iniesta, Messi. So that was um, the team that I enjoyed watching the most by far. Um, but the, the, I wouldn't say there's any players really that, you know, I've, I've stood out and I've tried to copy or anything. It's just... Um, I just enjoy watching football and I watch anything that's on TV. So, um, you know, I've watched plenty and seen a lot of football. Um, but yeah, just that Barcelona team would have been the best, the best that I've seen. You know, there's certainly no shortage of football here, which like, I, when I moved here in 2007, everyone said, oh, you're lucky there's so much football than ever used to be. And now there's even more, which is like kind of crazy. When you made your debut at, at such a young age, I was looking back at the Dundee United squads that, that you played in and there was some quality players in that. When you look at like guys like yourself and like Johnny Russell's here, Gary Mackay, Stephen had a, a spell here, Andy Robertson, Stuart Armstrong, it was a really good United team. When you look back at that, do, do you feel they maybe could have done more than, than they did? That, that was, yeah, that was a brilliant squad we had. Um, that would have been the 13-14 season. Yeah. And, you know, I was lucky to be a part of such a such a good team um, there's a few boys gone on from that team to to win caps for the national team so yeah it was a great it was a great time to be playing for United and I'm sure it was a great time for the fans as well because we had a I think we had like a six game spell of scoring four or more goals um, which would excite any fans so um, yeah you know everyone's taken their own um, their own path since then um, just we enjoyed we all enjoyed it at the time all enjoyed the opportunity to play with each other I it amuses me when I read that you, you made your debut by coming on for Johnny Russell and now you're you're both together in, in MLS so that, that's going to be interesting yeah, yeah. I, I asked you yesterday about that I spoke to him as well about what it was like um, I spoke briefly to Johnny yeah um, you know he speaks very highly of the league over here and he he spoke highly of um, Vancouver as well so um, it was good to hear from him and uh, I've got another pal that plays for the Colorado Rapids Diego Rubio he, he says the same um, he says brilliant things about the league and you know it just made me realise that this was the right place to come to the right um, yeah the right club to be at When you were coming through United obviously you got a lot of press attention and the press in Scotland are bad for building players up. 
and then putting a lot of pressure on them, especially at a young age. You had all those comparisons to Messi and everyone was saying, oh, it's the next big thing because Scotland's always been looking for this next big thing. Did you feel that put on added pressure on your shoulders that you didn't need at that age? Yeah, I suppose that comparison would put a wee bit, a wee bit pressure on on anybody, but you just had to put it to the back of my mind and try and you know focus on myself, focus on my own game. So um, that's the way I went about things. And then you made the move to Portugal. For years, not many Scottish players have gone to Europe, and the ones that do, Portugal's not usually a, a landing spot. But it seemed a perfect league and a perfect environment for the kind of game that you've got. What was behind that move? And was it just to, to try and get into a different kind of atmosphere, a different kind of environment? Well, I, I, I'd always said from from a young age that I wanted to experience playing in Europe. Um, I didn't really see myself um, making my career in the UK. So I always thought that when the opportunity arose to go abroad, if it was going to be the right option, then I would I would take it. And um, 2014, Sporting came in for me, and it felt like you know the history the club's got of bringing bringing young boys through and putting them in the first team. It felt like it was a, a good place to be at. Um, unfortunately, things never worked out there. Um, but you know, I come away from Portugal with uh, very good experiences, um, more so in the last year or two. Yeah, you touched yesterday about how you wanted to drop down to, to get the playing time. And then when you went to Ferenc, your game seemed to, to really grow, really develop. You had more production. Uh, Mark yesterday talked about how he'd seen a different aspect of your game. What was it that you feel clicked or what happened that just took your game to this next level? Um, I'm, it's hard to say what what, you know made me take that next kind of step. Um, you know, I started I started working out in, in the gym a lot more. I started putting, I kind of changed my mentality a wee bit towards training, you know, trying to take everything I could out of every training session. Um, and then I was lucky that I had, you know, a manager that had a lot of confidence in me and, um, you know, he gave me the chance to play 90 minutes every week, which is exactly what I was looking for. And then I feel like with that opportunity, I've been able to show what what I can do. Um, you know, I've, it was the first time in my career, just two years ago at Ferenc, that I, I was playing 90 minutes week in, week out. So, um, you know, given that opportunity and that chance, I thought, um, you know, it gave it gave me the opportunity to, to show what I can really do. I know you, you had a lot of your development in the early years with Ian Cathro and like what he set up and his whole training system, it focuses a lot more on the creative side and skill with the ball, less about the physicality. Y- your game just doesn't seem as suited to the hurly-burly of Scottish football as perhaps maybe, like here in MLS, it's a very South American feel, especially in, in Vancouver. Is that why you felt Europe was a place that you were going to have to, to go and, and have your career? I guess so. Like like I was saying, that Barcelona team, Xavi and Iniesta, you know, I, I knew from um, when I was 11, 12, I was never going to be the, the tallest boy. So I had to focus more on the technical side and try and, um, you know, be like the next step ahead. Um, 
even from such a young age. So I think that kind of side, the, t- the more technical side, um, it, it intrigued me. And it wasn't just the football side either. It was the chance to go and experience living in another country that was something I, I really wanted to to go and test myself with, learn a, another language. So, um, yeah, there's a few there's a few factors that kind of weighed in. I, I was going to ask you about the the language thing. How how long did it take you to to learn Portuguese? Because I I spoke to Mark yesterday after the presser. And he was saying one of the big factors that he really liked about you was you can speak Portuguese, you can speak Spanish, you, you can communicate with so many guys on the team in their own language. Was it hard for you to learn that or was it quite easy? To be fair, my first my first couple of years, I didn't really learn much. Um, I had I had two lessons and then I heard how expensive they were. So I was like, no, I'll, I'll just learn by myself. <laughs> uh, so that probably made it take longer to learn um but no I, I picked it up slowly and then i would say after my third year my f- and then going into my fourth year i really like got hold of the language and um it made a big difference in helping to you know settle down and get on with everyone um i mean my spanish isn't great i'm not much of a spanish speaker but um portuguese i'm definitely <laughs> a lot more comfortable has it helped you kind of settle in with the squad here? Because obviously there is so many guys that, that speak different languages and stuff. I mean, watching your training today, you just seemed really comfortable out there. I saw you communicating with guys. I mean, have you felt like you've just easily slipped into this? Yeah, I feel like I've I've settled in well. Um, I mean, the only person I really knew before coming here was uh, Bruno Gaspar. And, you know, being able to speak Portuguese with him really helped. Um, to kind of settle in better and you know help get to know everyone, um, but it's a really it's a really good a really good bunch of boys. Um, they've made it really easy to settle in. So you know, even just if I only spoke English, it it would have been an easy an easy changing room to to settle into. Yeah, I think the the general feeling is that it's a very close knit locker room. Everyone seems to, to get on, which always helps. When did you first hear about Vancouver's interest in you, and what what was your initial thoughts? Because obviously MLS, it's got a mixed reputation. I think unfairly because it's a very quality league. I've watched it for years now, and a lot of players maybe don't want to come over. What what made you feel? that this was it and when did you first find out that they wanted you so i think it was it would have been a few months ago now maybe back in february march that the club first reached out and said they were interested and hearing their level of interest made me um you know take notice and really go and have a look at the city the club the league and uh yeah i mean the mls doesn't get the level of attention that it probably should um, back in the UK because after training just for a couple of sessions and I, I went to the game against Minnesota in Salt Lake I mean it's there's a lot of quality and it's very high intensity so it definitely deserves a lot more attention than what I would say it gets in the UK and uh, yeah I can't wait to you know get involved whenever whenever that's going to be Yeah I think a lot of the MLS sides would beat the Premier sides in Scotland on a, a regular basis. I think the quality is there. Because I know when it was first mentioned that you were possibly coming here, the reaction in Scotland was, what's he doing that for? It's a backward step. Yeah. 
but it's not because it's like if they start to watch it, I think there's a, yeah, there's a lot of quality here. Yeah, I mean they'll realise that hopefully if they if they start to watch you. Now, yeah. Axel mentioned yesterday that you'd agreed to come, but you wanted to see the season out with Ferenz. I I take it that was important. You really wanted to to, to help them stay up, and it, it it didn't work out that way. But I mean, how how was the the last couple of weeks there for you? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to I wanted to put we we struggled all season really to um, get results and. You know the the faith that they showed in me the year before to help get them promoted. Um, I wanted to give give them everything I've got, and I didn't want to be getting distracted by anything during that season. I wanted to focus solely on on Ferenc. So that was you know just the basic for me because I suppose um, I was still under contract, so I didn't want to be thinking about the next step until I've seen out my duties with with the club I was at. Now, you might not want to talk too much about this or comment too much on it, but when everything came out around the whole option thing, like, I take it you were 100% confident there was no no option and that, that you were yeah. good to go. And I know the Whitecaps ended up sending some money their way, but were you concerned that that might derail things a little bit? Uh, no. I mean, I left. I didn't get involved in any of that. I left that with my agents and, and the Whitecaps, and thankfully everything got got sorted out um, and the most important that I did get sorted out and I'm here now I'm a Whitecaps player and I'm just yeah, I'm ready to get going ready to get involved as, as soon as I can You've come here as a designated player it's a, a term and a, a kind of player I don't like because I feel it immediately puts pressure on guys because you've got that tag and you're expected to, to be this that and, and the other I don't know if it's been explained to you, like what you kind of mean to the city and to the fans here, because we've not had a, a decent number 10 or a real pure number 10 for many seasons now. And I know you spoke yesterday about pressure and expectations and stuff, but I mean, ha- have you had anyone say to you, look, that you're the first kind of number 10 we've had for years here? I mean, I'm, I'm aware of that, but I think... It's expected coming into a new league, a new team. Um, you know, everything's new to me. I've been off for two and a half months. There's going to be an adaptation period. So, you know, I, I put high expectations on myself anyway. So nothing that anybody can say to me is going to, you know, put more pressure on what I already expect from myself. Um, so I wouldn't say that that's, you know, going to change anything that I'm going to do here. It's not going to um, affect my preparation and training our games that's fair and just the, the last thing I know you're keen to get going everyone's keen to see you going <laughs> and not going to put you on the spot and ask when you think that's going to be but to get up to full fitness because obviously being able to go a little bit and full match fitness are two very different things how much longer do you feel you might need to get up to the Ryan Gold that we saw when friends were like in full flow I mean hopefully it's not going to take too long but you know, I have had a quite a long time away from football. Um, so it's kind of like going into pre-season now. But, um, you know, if, if everything goes well, touch wood, I can stay injury-free. I'm hoping that it won't be too long until, you know, I can get back in the swing of things. And after a, after a couple of games, get the match fitness back up and um, really try and hit the ground running as much as possible. 
That's great. Thank you so much for your time tonight, Ryan. Really appreciate it. I know you've had a busy week, a hectic week, and hope hope you settle in. Look forward to seeing the pitch soon, and hopefully your yeah. girlfriend and dogs can get over like as soon as possible as well. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Thanks, Thanks so much, much, man. Go enjoy dinner. Cheers. Ryan Gold there, just chatting about his career so far, the journey that's taken him from Scotland to Canada via Portugal. Really looking forward to, to seeing him on the pitch soon. Wouldn't be surprised if he's involved in the match day squad for the game on Sunday against the Galaxy down in LA. He's certainly been training in full this week so far on Monday and Wednesday. But he isn't up to, to full match fitness yet, so we don't want to rush him back. Uh, as Mark mentioned before when talking about integration, that the most important thing is you don't want to get him on for a few minutes, he tweaks something, and then he's out for weeks or months or, or whatever. And as we talked about there, that there's certainly a difference between being ready to play and having full match fitness. So, I mean, Ryan's still got to, to get up to speed in that. Hopefully, though, by the end of August, we will see him in full flow, bringing some of those skills that he showed over in Portugal with Ferenc. But, of course, the burning question that I'm sure you all have coming out of that interview, though, is does Ryan Gold fancy a chocolate digestive? Well, let's find out, shall we? Now, you're not officially a Vancouver white cap until you've done this section with us. So that, that's just that's right. what, what we're saying. So if you're sitting at home and you want to have a hot beverage, what would be your, your hot beverage of choice? A tea, coffee, something else? I would probably go a coffee. Um, yeah, more of a coffee, man. Do you have a sweet tooth? Um, not overly, no. No. So if you're having your coffee, then what would you have with it? Would, would you have a biscuit? Would you have a bit of cake? Are you healthy? Um, I don't know, actually. My coffee? A, a bit of toast, maybe? Oh. Would be my gota. A wee bit of toast and coffee. We've never had that answer before. Okay. <laughs> Anyone fancy a chocolate I just Devastated. After talking it up large in the last show, I was so confident he was going to be a chocolate digestive guy. But nope, it's just toast for him with his coffee. I think I'll have to, to probe him on that a little bit more later on. I'll, I'll tease him with some chocolate digestives at training. But that is it for this part. We've still got more to come. We've got another feature interview to come as well with a man returning to the Whitecaps from international duty with Canada at the Gold Cup, goalkeeper Maxime Cripeau. And we'll be back chatting with him after this. Hi, I'm Johnny Russell and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artists of the Month here at AFTN for the month of August from Sacramento, California, three-piece punk band Destroy Boys. And that was a song from their second album, 2018's Make Room. That was a song called American River. And the Whitecaps' elongated stay in America is thankfully over. Their last home match in their makeshift home of Sandy, Utah, was played at the weekend at 2-0 draw with Minnesota United. Still a few weeks before they can see the pitch at BC Place in a match. They've got three away games coming up. And it's three very tough matches. We'll have a little bit of a, a look at how the midweek action played out in MLS West and a quick look ahead to game against the LA Galaxy. As I mentioned in the last part, no one really knows whether Ryan Gold will be involved in any capacity in that match against the Galaxy. My hunch is he'll travel down to LA with the team at least, and it might be a game day decision to see whether they put him on the bench, and depending on how the game goes, you might see a, a quick run out for him for 5-10 minutes just to make his debut and find his feet. But there's likely to be a, a couple of changes to the Whitecaps starting lineup for that game, and in particular, in between the sticks. Max Cripo has returned to the Whitecaps camp after being away for nearly a month with the Canadian men's national team at the Gold Cup, suffering that heartbreaking defeat in the semi-final, 99th minute goal for Mexico, 9 minutes into stoppage time, or should I say 9 minutes into the 7 allocated minutes of stoppage time, saw Mexico advance to the final, which they eventually lost to the US. It was certainly a a tough way to to go out for the guys. We talked about that in the last show. Lots of players, though, certainly did their own personal stock at a lot of good in the competition. And one of those was the Whitecaps' very own Maxime Cripo. Now, Max played in all five games in the tournament, his first really sustained run as being the starting keeper for Canada. Some great performances, including that penalty save against Mexico, the clean sheet against Costa Rica. Some really good stuff from Max and the the whole Canadian team, of course. But he's back with the Whitecaps now, and not only that, he's back in Canada for the first time. Obviously, he wasn't able to make the return with the rest of the team because he was still with Canada. So it was great to see him back at Whitecaps training this week. Got a chance to sit down with him on Wednesday, just for for a chat about how the the Gold Cup went, looking forward to the World Cup qualifiers with Canada, just his own personal experiences, and then turning our attention to the the Whitecaps and the rest of the season here. Now at Whitecaps training this week, they've got the new COVID protocols in place. So that means we have to stay at least 6 to 10 feet away from the players, which does make getting some decent podcast audio a little bit more complicated. So I tried something today with the the chats that I had with Maxime and Javain Brown, which we're going to bring you in the next episode, and it didn't quite work out with the quality that I was hoping for. So I need to need to think about how I'm wanting to, to do this going forward. But it's still a very listenable interview. There's, it's not as great quality as you would usually expect and, and find on the show. 
myself in particular being far away from where the mic was it's a, it's a little bit kind of subdued and kind of quiet and a, a little kind of tinny at my end but max is a is a bit clearer so hopefully it doesn't spoil your enjoyment too much so go make yourself another hot beverage grab another chocolate digestive you're worth it and sit back and enjoy my chat with white caps and canada number one maxime Cripo. So, how does it feel to finally be back in Vancouver after being yeah. in Utah, then away with Canada? And yeah, it's been uh, it's good to be uh, to be back in Vancouver, you know, in your own stuff and apartment. Uh, it was temporary, and so like we could have felt that, you know. It's uh, even though you want to put your mind in the fact that it's your temporary home, home is here and not in Utah, right? So uh, it feels good just to take it in. Uh, it's been three, four days I arrived. Still have one suitcase to, <laughs> to unpack, but all the rest is good, you know. It's, it's, been, it's been good to be back. Was it nice knowing, I mean, obviously, you didn't want to leave the Gold Cup when you did, but was it nice knowing that at least when you left it, you were coming back here and that yeah. you could just start a new chapter? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the main focus for me was when I left, my family was still in Salt Lake and I had to move them over here, you know, with my daughter. Uh, my daughter is American, she's yeah. Canadian. So. You better not play for them. And, uh, well, she'll have both, <laughs> have both solutions, but I'll, I'll make sure that she knows what daddy did. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, um, so by that, you know, they come into the country, my dog flying, all that stuff. So I needed to sort out my family and for the rest, everything went well. Like the Gold Cup, I mean, it was a, a great performance. You spoke briefly to me after the after the yeah. game, and I mean, having to stand up and speak to media after that, I, I know it was quite gutting. But there's a lot of pride, pride in that that performance, a lot to build on. Yeah. How much does it still hurt now that the dust has settled? Yeah, it's. Uh it's frustrating because on the field you are right there uh, you watch the stats you watch where the teams have possession where the team hurts uh, the op- opposition and we are on top of the US and we are almost on top of Mexico if not head to head maybe um, so it's a sour feeling because we knew we had the squad to do it to go all the way you know uh, and obviously it's football, you know, we get, uh, we, we can see the last minute and then uh, just emotions at the end of the game, you know, it was emotions all that 90 against Mexico, but honestly, uh, it's still sting because we know we could have uh, have another game uh, on Sunday that just uh, passed, but yeah. uh, it happens, it's football. Now we focus on, on the qualifying of the World Cup. Uh, we're going to see them again, we're going to yeah. see them again. That's. So that's just a rivalry that, that slowly gets installed when you play these teams more than once in a year in the calendar. So now we have uh, the opportunity to play home away every single team. So uh, it's going to be good. The, the end of the Mexico game, I've never seen you in a game so yeah. angry. I, I don't know if you can share what happened, but something clearly set you off. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just emotion, you know, building of the game and then uh, Maury threw a ball, Ozo went at him because 
there was no balls in the play. I don't know if it's saw showed yeah. on TV, but uh, it's all that stuff, you know, we just threw it and then there was a lot of emotion, like I said, during the game. Uh, we were in each other's face all the time and then uh, at the end it's just pure emotion and and things were said, uh, things was done, you know, I don't, the camera didn't cut everything of the of that <laughs> day, but it, That's probably it, just as well, it's just it? emotions, you know, it's the game, yeah. it's the game. I take it there was a compliment that yeah. Mexico think, well, Canada is a real threat now. Yeah. And you went toe-to-toe -to -toe with it, you went toe-to-toe -to -toe with America, you could have beaten both. Folk might say, yeah, they were understrength teams, but so, so was Canada. Yeah. And you beat a good Costa Rican side, this feels... But you've got a great chance now in this octagon. Yeah, we believe we believe we can put our nation in Qatar. We really do, you know. Uh, we want to to be the top three in the CONCACAF and go to Qatar. This is the main objective, you know. We got 14 games, going away. Uh, when we're gonna go on the road, depending on the government rules, it's gonna feel like the same 70,000 in Houston against Mexico. Yeah. It's gonna be feel the same, you know. Uh, it's going to be loud, uh, noisy, everything's against you. And then when, when you're going to play home, you need to, to collect the points and that's it, you know. So honestly, um, top three, that's the objective of the team and we believe we can do it. We have the quality, we have the plan, we have the mindset to do it. Now it's up to uh, just time, you know. Uh, Got to wait another uh, five months until, yeah, until March basically. Uh, March is the last window of the X. So, uh, gotta wait until what's what's happening but our objective is to be top three if not uh, play that playoff game and put us in Qatar. Last thing to mention about the Mexico game because I, I don't want to dwell on it but mm -hmm. that stoppage which yeah. has happened a few times in this tournament also said afterwards he didn't feel that that changed things but from watching it it felt like we were in the ascendancy the momentum was with us both teams got a breather but they seemed to come back better yeah. from it there surely has to be a better way yeah. than to stop the game, which is then disrupting the team like yourselves. Yeah, um, you know, it's true in the field, you don't feel the, these moments. You really don't feel them, these moments. When you look back at it afterwards, maybe, uh, as you mentioned, you maybe see it on TV or whatever, but on the field, you really don't. Right. And so, uh, on the field, we, we did have to believe that we, we knew we would have one more chance, uh, you know, uh, or two after that. But honestly, to be fair, it's it's more of a CONCACAF thing, you know. It's uh, protocols, and uh, it's not my place to comment too much on this either, you know. Uh, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, uh, these chants, you know, homophobic, racist chants, you got to stop, man. It's not part of the game, so. Your own performance, I mean, it was yeah. a great tournament for you. That that penalty save, it was top-notch. How do you look back at how you played in the tournament? Yeah, I think it was it was good to have a build-up of, uh, of games internationally because uh, the windows usually it's one, one, one game or two maybe, you know. But now it's a, quite a build-up of games and, and international football, which I gain experience. Uh, I do appreciate the foot, international football. For me, it's the it's the best football you can play. It's unbelievable. You know, you represent your country. You play against other nations. It's the best. Uh, but on my on my personal half, you know, I want to I want to put this team in a, in a place where mentally they know if the ball goes uh, through them or behind, it's taken care of, and we, I can bail this team out. And this is what I wanted to put, and this is when I. I did once or twice in the Gold Cup, and I want to even prove more in the X. Uh, so personally, I think I had a, 
a good tournament. Was it perfect? No, uh, but it, it was good. Last couple of things, just white caps related. So back now, back to the bread and butter. Decent results while while you were away. Yep. What did you make? Did you get to see all of the games, or like what have you made of how the teams yeah. been playing? Yeah, I watched the game. I think there was one game that was a little bit late, like it finished at eleven thirty. I missed that for the last ten minutes. I think it was the LFC game or something. Well, anyway, so I went to bed. It was uh, one two one, and I woke up and it was two two. <laughs> but I watched everything, and then uh, I think that the team did well to get the points, uh, not the wins though. Uh, you know, uh, when you look at uh, these games, we have the lead, and it's difficult to um, to seal the the game. Feel like it's difficult to seal games, and there's a little bit of the story of the season so far too, you know. Or there, there's there's games that uh, it's zero zero, get can get a point on the road and we concede. So uh, to be fair, I think it's uh, tactically and mentally on the field. Once we have we're up by a, a goal or two, close the game, finish it, be compact, be a really hard team to, to break down, and and then with the ball, be intelligent, you know. It's easier said than done, yes, but I think we need to hold on to result if we want to be in the playoff at the end of the year. Because right now, you see in the West, it's pretty tight, to be fair. Yeah, just string a few results like six points. Yeah, six points this year there uh, on that line, so you want to do it. So uh, The other thing, too, that we that I circle in the calendars is that we are home for, yeah. for a lot, uh, for 15 games. There's nine home games, so... That's we gotta make the best out of it, you know. Uh, we gotta really make the best out of it. We don't travel to a game. It's been a long time since we haven't traveled for a game, so we need to to take advantage of this. That's great. That, that's pretty much everything. All right, thank you. Thank you so much chatting to me as always, and yeah, good luck, Max. Thanks, man. Maxime Crapeau there, just talking all things Gold Cup, Canada and Whitecaps. Fully expect to see him back between the, the goalposts for the match against LA Galaxy on Sunday. And he's going to be in full of confidence as well with the, the performances that he turned in down in the US at that Gold Cup tournament. So before we turn our attention to the midweek MLS action and chat a little bit more about that game against the Galaxy at the weekend, when I was Putting together the, the last part and obviously Ryan Gold's chocolate digestive question, it made me realise I hadn't done many of those fun segments on the show for quite a few episodes now. It's not that we don't have them, I've got a whole folder full of the stuff that I've just never got round to, to putting in the show because, as regular listeners will know, we've been very, very busy with our stuff over the, the past couple of weeks. We're already talking at two to three hour shows, so... Splicing in some fun segments, maybe it is the last thing that some folk want to, to listen to when you're already listening to a couple of hours of the show already. So I thought I'll have a little look in the folder, see what I've got, see what else I can bring you for this episode. So I think tying in with it, the Scottish theme that, that we have running through this episode, this segment, of course, is introduced by a song from the wonderful Ivor Cutler a Scottish musical legend. So without any further ado, let's find out just what is Tossing Ricketts' favourite jam. What's your favourite jam? 
traffic jam What's wrong with raspberry? What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? You're sitting at home, you decide to have a crumpet, some toast, even some bread, but you want to have some jam on it. What's your favourite jam? Strawberry jam. Excellent. No chunks, though. No chunks. I don't like the chunks. Oh, the chunks make it. Really? Yeah. Maybe minimal chunks. Strawberry jam <laughs> with minimal chunks. <laughs> I'll take Light. that. What's your favourite jam? Whitecap striker, tossing rickets. Strawberry jam for him. It's a firm favourite with all the players that we're asking so far. You've got to have lumps with it though, Toss. I mean, come on. But a little bit of light-hearted fun there, because we certainly need it down Whitecaps way. In amongst the fact that we've added a new designated player, there's some other new additions on the way, the Whitecaps have lost only one match in their last seven. Yes, five of those were draws, but still just one loss in seven games, which is pretty good. In amongst all that, the midweek action in MLS saw the Whitecaps drop to last place, in the Western Conference standings. And the reason for that was Austin FC's huge win in the Texan Derby over Houston Dynamo. A fantastic 3-2 win at home for Austin over their Texas rivals, their first Texan Derby in MLS, and they come away with three points. And it was an excellent performance by them as well. Thomas Potocino put them one up seven minutes in, before Canadian Tyler Pasher equalised for Houston. Sandwiched in between that, though, was perhaps one of the big turning points of the game. Darwin Seren of Houston got sent off for an elbow to the face of Bearhalter. Clear red card offence, stupid by Seren, and it really put Houston under, the, under pressure after that. Austin went 2-1 up just before half-time, Pochettino again. Then they made it 3-1 11 minutes after the restart. Cecilio Dominguez got that one. Fafa Pico pulled one back four minutes from full time, but there's no way back for Houston. And a huge three points for Austin. Not only their first Texas Derby win, but also moved them off the bottom of the Western Conference standings, sending the Whitecaps there instead. But things are so tight right now. Between Real Salt Lake in the seventh and final playoff spot to the Whitecaps now down in 13th, Six points separate the teams, two wins, so very much still capable for the Whitecaps to get into the playoff picture. I'll just go through the, the rest of the midweek results in the West. And it was a very busy midweek of action. Twelve matches in, in total taking place between the East and the West conferences. We're just going to focus on the, the Western results. So the action had kicked off there with Austin's 3-2 win over Houston. On the whole... It was some, some fairly good results for, for the Whitecaps, even though they, they moved to the bottom of the standings. Seattle and Dallas played out a 1-0 draw at Lumen Field. Freddie Montero gave Seattle the lead in the 72nd minute, then a minute into stoppage time. Franco Jara ties it up for Dallas, gives them a huge point on the road. And that was two drop points that, that's going to prove costly for Seattle when we take a look at the, the current standings. 
And that's winless in three matches now for Seattle as well after their, their really strong start to the season. Next up was the Whitecaps opponents on Sunday, the LA Galaxy, and they came away with a narrow 1-0 win over Real Salt Lake. Efrain Alvarez coming back from Gold Cup duty to get the only goal of the game in the 53rd minute. And it was one of those rare occasions where both LA sides were at home on the same night, albeit very, very far apart in the city. And it wasn't a good night at Bank of California Stadium for LAFC, going down to a heavy 4-1 loss to Sporting Kansas City. Alan Polito putting Casey into the lead 20 minutes in. Louis Martins made it 2, 28 minutes. And then Daniel Saloui made it 3 before half-time, putting SKC firmly in control. Gabby Kinder made it 4 in the 58th minute, before Danny Musovski pulled back a consolation for LAFC with 8 minutes to go. And the final game of the night was another good result for the Whitecaps in general. 1-0 draw between Portland Timbers and San Jose Earthquakes. Another game where San Jose, completely dominated by the opponents in possession, the other team had more shots on target, 21-13, but San Jose, 8 shots on goal to Portland's 4, and they actually took the lead 24 minutes in, Javier Lopez... And they couldn't hold on to half-time. Portland tied things up six minutes in the first half stoppage time. Getting another goal for the Timbers. No more goals in the second half. Some late drama though, as Diego Chara was sent off three minutes into stoppage time. There's a second yellow card for Chara for a stamp on Yo, An accidental stamp. He was just going for the ball, went over the top of the ball and ended up standing on Yo's foot. But got him a second yellow. San Jose couldn't obviously capitalise on that in the, the limited time remaining. But that's going to be a, a loss for the Timbers, losing Chara for the next game. But another hard-fought point on the road for San Jose. Right now, with how tight things are in the West, the more draws there are, the far better this is going to be for the Whitecaps going forward. Quick look at the standings. Kansas City now jump out on top, 33 points from 17 games. Seattle second, 33 points as well from 18. They've got one win less, which is why Kansas City topped the table on the tiebreaker. LA Galaxy, third, 31 points. Colorado, fourth on 27. LAFC, fifth on 23. Minnesota, sixth on 23. And then Salt Lake in the seventh and final playoff spot with 21. Then it's Portland on 20. Dallas on 18. San Jose on 18. Houston on 18. Austin on 16, and Vancouver on 15. So just six points separating the seven teams from Salt Lake in 7th to to Vancouver in 13th, and just eight points separating LAFC in 5th place to the Whitecaps in the bottom in 15 as well. So still a lot of football to get played, still a lot of points on the board. Next up for the Whitecaps is a game in LA on Sunday against the Galaxy. You can kind of say it's the Whitecaps' first away game as a proper team again, now that they are back home in Vancouver. Somewhat ironically, the last away game they played before COVID and the pandemic hit was that very good 1-0 win down at the Galaxy back in March 2020. Seems a lifetime ago now. LA is going to be confident going into this one. They've got a really strong home record. Seven wins, two defeats, no draws so far. 
Whitecaps still looking for their first win on the road this year. They have got four draws. I mean, you've got to feel that the Galaxy are favourites for this, but I mean, I've thought that in a couple of games where the, the Whitecaps have ground out some points, we'd very much take a point in this one. As for the starting lineup, I think we'll see a couple of changes. Max Cripple, fully expect to see him back in between the, the posts. Javane Brown should be coming back in at right back as well. Fisalinovic and Godoy, your centre-backs, with Christian Gutierrez on the left-back. Should see a 4-3-3 again. Up front, Lucas Cavallini will come back into the starting lineup after serving his one-game suspension in the, the weekend match there. So he's going to lead the line with, you have to think, Caicedo and Dahomey either side of him after their good performances in recent matches. The midfield is what's going to be interesting because I think we can be sure of Caio Alejandre and Janio Bikel as two of the three places. Michael Baldissimo is suspended for this one, so I think we're more likely to see probably Russell Tybert get the start again. But the way he's been playing and training, don't write off Patrick Metcalf to, to get the start. I think though they probably will go with a more experienced lineup and with Tybert. And who knows if we'll ever see Leo Obuso get a start again. Kickoff on Sunday night is at 5.08pm Pacific time. We'll be back after that match with our usual weekend show, looking back at that and all the latest action around MLS. Bring you a couple of interviews that we've got as well and we'll touch on the CPL. But if you can't wait until that game at 5 o'clock, make sure you get yourselves out to Swanguard Stadium. 12 noon kickoff. Whitecaps under 23s are going to be taking on FC Tigers in a friendly. Fully expect to see some of the, the young fringe guys on the Whitecaps MLS roster taking part in that one. Admission is free. Covid protocols will be in place as well. And it's going to be a beautiful day, so get out, see some football at a beautiful setting. I mean, you can't go wrong watching football on a Sunday afternoon at Swanguard. For those of you that can't make it out to the game, highlights will be up on FC Tigers' YouTube channel later. Myself and Gideon Hill will have the call for that one. There may also be a live stream. There's still some negotiations going on round about that. But just keep your eyes peeled to the AFT and socials. We'll keep you advised if their live stream is happening. But that is pretty much it for this episode of the AFT and Soccer Show. Hope you've enjoyed it. We can't go, though, before this episode's wavelength. Now, I know we'll probably have a few new listeners to this with Ryan Gold joining the team. Welcome to you, one and all. So for anyone that is new, or if anyone that just needs a reminder, what is our Wavelength section? Well, we're in the fifth year of doing Wavelength now, and basically what it is, is every episode, we play you a football song. Most of them, songs about football by proper bands or recording artists. Occasionally, we'll bring you songs by teams themselves, by players, just some fun pieces thrown in there. And yes, as I said, we have been doing this. This is our fifth year of doing it. And I've still got a lot more songs to bring you. You'll be glad to know about that. And for this episode, we're keeping the Scottish theme going. We're keeping the Dundee theme going. The Dundee United theme. And we're going for a song from 2010 by Ricky Ross, who is the lead singer of iconic Scottish band Deacon Blue. Don't know how popular they were over here in the 80s and the 90s, but they were very big in Scotland, still going. Ricky Ross is an ardent Dundee United supporter, and this is a song that he penned 
for his love of his team. This is Proud to be an Arab. Ross there, proud to be an Arab from 2010. For anyone that isn't aware, the Arabs is the nickname for Dundee United. 
But that is it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. We will be back soon. I'm Michael McCall. You can give me a follow on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Check out all our stuff on Away From The Numbers, AFTN.ca. And give us a like and a subscribe and a follow. Turn on notifications on YouTube, youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. We're going to be putting up our Ryan Gold chat on there as well. And we'll have some more videos coming soon. But until next time, as always, thanks for listening. Take care, stay safe, and mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.